Oh, baby, it's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Pick one of the select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256, and all it takes is a $4 bet. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code THPN to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, this is Getting Bullied. I'm your host, Mark Genone. Follow me on Twitter at MarkFlagman. Two ends. follow this show at underscore Getting Bullied. And you can get this episode and every episode of Getting Bullied through the Hockey Podcast Network. They're at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Just search the Hockey Podcast Network or Getting Bullied literally anywhere you get your podcast, and we'll pop up. You can listen to this, every episode ever created, ever do it. It's great. Well, here we are. It's Monday, and Mondays suck really anyway if you're uh, if you're the working man or woman, which I'm sure most of us are. It's hard to get back up and going, but it's even worse when the Flyers are playing like... Um, I guess the word would be total horseshit right now. And again, they came off that those back-to-back wins against Buffalo last weekend. And even though it was Buffalo, it still at least to me it gave you some kind of hope. It gave you some kind of like it, it, it got you feeling good going into the three-game set with Pittsburgh, which turned out to be abysmal except for that middle game. Uh, all all praise to the captain, Claude Giroux, for that one. Flyers in that one. Obviously, that second game against Pittsburgh, down 3 nothing in the first. Battled all the way back. Giroux got too late to tie it and then to win it. And you were hoping that going into that third game on Saturday, that it would have given them some sort of spark, and it just didn't. And they, you know, I said last week, I said last Thursday or Monday or whatever it was. I believe it was last Monday that I the way I looked at it, the Flyers had to get out of the month of March, 17 games in this month with I guess it would be 22 points at least. I said 11 and 6 or somewhere in there somehow get 22 points. I felt like when I was thinking about it, that felt like a good number. And they've so far really 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 put themselves behind the eight ball as far as getting that they're already they've already lost three games this month so if you're going by me they're only allowed three more wins or I'm sorry three more losses and if they keep 
trending the way they are right now, then those three losses are going to come very quick. And the 22 points that I was hoping for this month, a dominating month, really 11 and 6, 22 points, 17 games in a month. I think that's pretty dominant to go five games over 500. It would have been great and it would have been nice to set them up for the that final run this season in the month of April. But obviously they have different plans. Because that game last night against uh, Washington was, sorry about that, another abysmal one, really, is the only way to put it. Um, first period was good. They, they, scored the, they scored in the first period. Joel Farabee got another one, his 11th of the year. He's 21 years old, leads the league, in, or he's tied for the league, league, league lead in goals with 11. And then the second period happened, and the Flyers hit this, as they've done so many times in the past, on their different head coaches, and it's the same group of guys that are doing it, where they just hit this wall, and they can't get out of it. They have a, they had a good first period, they left the first period, actually, they I was going to say they left the first period with the lead, but late in that first is when uh, Washington got their first goal on... It was an there was so many icings in that first period. I think there was about 15 seconds left. The Flyers made another icing, obviously face off in their zone. It was a set play off the draw from Washington, and it was just it was really it was another defensive breakdown. This time by Farabee that led to the the Capitals' goal. And if you look, if you watch this game last night. And you are concerned about Carter Hart. Last night's game should have eased your mind a tremendous amount. Because if you look at his numbers, they're obviously not great. But if you look at last night's game, all three goals scored by the Capitals were caused from defensive breakdowns by the Flyers. It happened on the first goal. The second goal, there was like a scuffle in center ice where... Zidane Chara knocked down, probably should have been an interference call, but he knocked down Joel Farabee. And thank God, James Van Riemsdyk stepped up for his teammate. But of course, the one time the Flyers decide to do that, it leads to a goal the other way. So that was 2-1. And then the third goal, another defensive breakdown. Just, I mean, the Flyers right now on defense don't have a clue. And, the, and it's not just the blue line. I mean, obviously... That's what drives it. But, you know, just the players, the team as a whole doesn't have a clue on defense right now. I can't really knock Ilya Samsonov last night for Washington was out of his mind good. Uh, I don't watch too many Capitals games except for when, obviously, when the Flyers play them. I don't know a ton about this guy. I can't imagine that he plays as good as he did last night, game in and game out, and it's not talked about more, but this is the NHL, and they are the absolute worst at promoting their young players. But especially late in the game, in the third period, the Flyers really came pretty hard, and they had some scoring chances, especially late. I think they pulled the heart with around four minutes left in the third. They had some chances on it, but Sam Sonoff just was a brick wall. He wasn't letting anything past him last night. Carter Hart had a pretty good game himself. I mean, he made some big saves, uh, some shots in traffic got through to him that he you know, that he saw at the last second and was able to save. But again, defensive breakdowns leading to wide open shots. A second goal was by Ovechkin. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, and again, I may have this all confused. But in any event, 
Carter Hart didn't have a bad game. He played well. I thought his positioning was good. His angles were good. He was seeing shots like through traffic. But at the end of the day, when the defense is breaking down in front of you and you're seeing two-on-ones and three-on-ones and whatever else, and, and guys on a team as skilled as Washington are getting such wide-open shots at you, you're going to be hard-pressed to find any goalie in the league, past or present, that is going to have a good game and it's going to be able to stop all of that. And, you know, you can only stand on your head to, to a, a certain extent. You still need the guys in front of you to do their job, and the Flyers aren't right now. And they're not getting it done on special teams one bit. Their penalty kill is pretty awful. Their power play is, it, it's like it's we're back in the playoffs last year where it just wasn't generating a damn thing. Not one, uh, no pressure. I saw a tweet from Jordan Hall, who covers the Flyers for NBC Sports Philly, and the tweet the tweet was this stat that should have blown everybody's mind, and I hope Chuck Fletcher sees it and it wakes him up a little bit here, because the the stat was since February first the Flyers power play is six for forty seven. Pregnant pause for you to think about that. Six for 47. I should have done the math. I don't know the math. I'm not good at math. I know that's a low percentage. And the Flyers, quite frankly, on a team that has Voracek, Giroux, Farabee, Van Riemsdyk, Konechny, Gostaspare, that has those six guys, and then some. There's also guys that, you know, they're... Point is, with as many talented forwards as we say they have, and on paper it appears they have, to go six for forty-seven in a month and you know a little over a month now at this point is just ridiculous to think about. And when you're watching, and I, again, last night I saw some changes. I I see, um, you know, they have Ghost now. That's pretty much the quarterback on the blue line for the first unit, which is great. He is their best power play uh, defenseman. And on the second, on the second line was Gustafson. So those are probably Gustafson's not doing much for the Flyers this year, but he's generated some. You know, he's gotten some points on the power play. He's generated some scoring chances on the power play. That's probably what I mean. That's what he's doing best right now is being a power play defenseman. So. Again, I don't know if that really is enough to keep him in the lineup game in and game out. Probably not, because that's been that third pair has just kind of been musical chairs pretty much all season, especially lately. And, you know, Phil Myers is back in the lineup now, which is good. I love Phil Myers, as anybody that listens to this show knows. But what I what I liked most about what was happening there was Ivan Provorov wasn't on the power play. And I know last year he led or he was tied for the league lead in in power play goals, which is good. But this year he just hasn't, and it's not just on the power play. It's it's really everywhere. It's all over the ice. He just, it, he hasn't had his best game. And I feel like the coaching staff just kind of goes at it like, this is our best defenseman. So obviously we want our best def- all-around defenseman to be in a high lever spot that is the power play. but. All season, he wasn't getting it done, and it's taken this long. It's taken till, 
you know, what was it, March 7th last night to to make some changes and not have him on the power play. Yeah, I mean, you just have to realize that if a guy's not getting it done, it doesn't matter what his name is. It doesn't matter what his role is on the team. If a guy's not getting it done, you have to take him out of that spot and just try something else, try anything else. And right now, nothing for the Flyers power play is working. And I don't know what needs to be done to get out of it. But that's thankfully not my job. That's Michelle Terrian's job, or Michelle, however however you're supposed to pronounce that for a guy. It's just not it's not working. And if this is going to continue, if, if 6 for 47 is going to turn into 6 for 50, 6 for 55, whatever, in the next couple games, because the schedule doesn't get easier. That's the most talked about thing right now is the schedule for the Flyers. They have a little bit of a respite, if you will, tomorrow against Buffalo. Maybe another 3 nothing shutout. But then right after that, you're going, you have two more against Washington. And they beat Washington earlier in the year, the only time they played them early in the year, in, in D.C., 7-4, to which was a big win. And that was one of those wild games where it was back and forth and the Flyers just happened to outlast the Capitals. And last night, you know, the, again, after the first period, the Flyers just hit a wall. And we've talked about it time and time again. They put together a good first period, and then it's like a different team through the next 40 minutes of play. And it's not its not just with this coach. It's been, it was with Hackstall. We'll probably go back. I mean, they probably were doing under Scott Gordon, Scott, Scott Gordon on the uh, interim basis. Something's got to change here. Because this group of guys, obviously it doesn't matter the coach. This group of guys is not getting it done. This was a team that we all thought was was going to be a Stanley Cup contender. At very least, we thought this team would win the division. And they're sitting now, March 8th, 2021. They are currently sitting in fifth place in the division. Out of the playoff picture right now. 27 points, but I guess they're going by point percentage. I, I don't know how it's working out this year, but right now they're in fifth place in the division. New York in first, Washington, or I'm sorry, the Islanders in first, Washington second, Boston third, Pittsburgh fourth, and then the Flyers. Only four points ahead of the Rangers, who are supposed to be one of the worst teams in the division, and you only have a four-point lead on them. And again, it doesn't get any easier from here. So the only thing that there is to do, because they have, obviously, you have to imagine going 6 for 47 in a month on the power play. You have to imagine that Michelle Terrian has tried just about everything he can at this point. The group of guys isn't getting it done. And it's time for Chuck Fletcher and whoever else has anything to do with the player personnel on this team. It's time for these guys to realize that this group isn't good enough. This group is not going to win a Stanley Cup as currently constructed. And a move needs to happen immediately. We've been talking about it now for at least two weeks and probably a little before that. The move has to happen now. It had to happen yesterday, the day before, last week. The move needs to happen. There's players out there. There's rumors out there. There's Matthias Eckholm. There's David Savard out of Columbus. The, the, there's names out there. There's, there's more players than that. Just look at the teams that are in trouble just like you are. 
The Flyers are in a different position as some of the other bubble playoff teams where the Flyers have a young team with quote-unquote talent that is built for the future right now. So they're not in sell mode. They're very much in buy mode. This team needs to start generating some playoff experience beyond what it was last year. You need to start making deep runs to not only show the fans that this thing is trending in the right direction, but to show the team, the players, that this thing is trending in the right direction. Because right now it feels like the Flyers have been treading water for like five or six years. And last year, making it into the second round, you thought, okay, and it was good. I was happy with that. I didn't expect a Stanley Cup last year, but I wanted to see progression in the playoffs. And right now, I don't even, it's not even a lock that the Flyers make the playoffs. And you could say that's an overreaction. You could say I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about, but just look at how they've played. Does that, does what you saw last night, does what you saw in the three games against Pittsburgh, this is now four games since they've won, since they went back to back shutouts against the worst team in the division, worst team in the league in Buffalo. A team that didn't want to play in those games, didn't show up for two straight games. That's who you beat. And I was I was fine. I was I was happy. I was happy with the shutouts. There I know there's people on Twitter that try to, you know, throw cold water on on any excitement and say, Well, it was only the Sabres. I don't know what you're so excited about, Bobber. Who fucking cares? They still had to win those games and they still did it in dominating fashion. That's what you want out of a team that's supposed to be good. Shit on the bad teams. And they did that. But then they play the other good teams of the division, and they have gone one and three in those in the last four games. Not good enough. They know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. But what do we? The Flyers are kidding themselves if they think, and anybody else out there that thinks that this team can win a Stanley Cup this year or next year, the way it's constructed, you're just lying to yourself. You're not seeing what's in front of you because this is a team that is flawed beyond I mean they're flawed top to bottom and they need change they need another defenseman in here and they need to ship one of these forwards out the hip thing right now and it needs to happen is this is the defenseman is a top four defenseman I'm totally with that I want that first but I want two moves between now and the deadline and it is bringing in a top four defenseman, and it is bringing in a top nine forward. One of these guys has to get shipped out, whether it's Patrick, whether it's Konechny. Those are probably the guys that are going to get you the most. And if you wanted to do a package deal where, like me and Dan talked about on Thursday, where you're getting a guy like Eckholm and Forsberg from Nashville, then Fletcher needs to get creative and find a way to get something like that to happen. Because these forwards aren't enough either. Konecki's been playing better the last two games. He got the goal against Pittsburgh on Sunday, and that was good. That's what we wanted. Yippee. But now, or the game was Saturday. Whenever the last game was, what is today? Today's Monday. So it was Saturday. I'm all thrown off. Sorry, my schedule is a mess. But he got the game, he got the goal against Pittsburgh, which was good to see. He played good last night against Washington. He was all over the ice. He was get he was crashing the net, which is what he needs to do to be successful and put the puck in the net. Good. Let him play better because if it's going to make him more appealing to another team, where you could get a guy like Philip Forsberg who consistently puts up 
you know, 60 plus points. Okay, let's do that. Let's make that happen because a message needs to be sent to this team and it's not Elaine Vigneault's bullshit sitting a veteran for a game and then they come back and still play like shit. It's not that. It's got to go beyond that. You need to remove somebody from this locker room permanently and put them in somebody else's locker room and show this team that, look, if you want your if you want your buddies to stick around in the offseason, then stop playing like dog shit. Stop with these. We're going to put we're going to put 15 good minutes together over a 60 minute game and then we're going to fall off the rest of the time. That's not enough. So the message needs to be sent because there's there was all this talk before the season, not only from the fans, but from the national media, the local media, the three fucking people in the local media that talk about the Flyers that said that this is one of the most talented forward groups in the league. And now you're seeing a team fifth place in their division, four points above the New York fucking Rangers. And that's one of the best forward groups in the league. Most talented. One of the most talented forward groups in the league is doing that. So tell me, anybody that thinks that a forward doesn't need to be moved, tell me why. Tell me how you look at the way the Flyers have played the last few, the last four games, even with the win, because the win they had to come back. They could have dominated that game if they didn't shit the bed in the first period and allow three goals. They could have won that game 4-2, 4-1, anything. So tell me how you look at this team, the way they've played the last four games, even the games before the back-to-back against Buffalo. And I understand some of those games were... You know, half the team was out on COVID. If you're gonna if you're gonna not put stock into the Buffalo games, then you have to not put stock into that Boston game outdoors because we had Mark Friedman lined up as a right wing, who was a defenseman and no longer with the team, obviously. So look at the games around the buff those back to back Buffaloes. And tell me how you think this team is good enough to where you don't have to move a forward and bring in a new forward and a new defenseman between now and the trade deadline. I would love to hear somebody's argument for that because we've seen this team now going on two plus years with this new group, with Patrick, with Konechny, with Lindblom, with Couturier being the guy and Giroux Voracek kind of taking somewhat of a step back and JVR. That's kind of been the group now for like two years and it hasn't been good enough and it's still not good enough. So it's time to stop kidding ourselves. It's time to stop acting like this fucking team is going to win a Stanley Cup just because everybody talks about how much talent they have and just realize that for one reason or another, these this group of talented players can't play together, can't put it together consistently over a season into the playoffs and can't be a dominating team like they need to be to be a serious cup contender. Because that's what the Flyers are. The Flyers are a fake, fraudulent, flawed, quote-unquote, cup contender. They are a cup contender in fans' eyes only and nothing else. They can be. With a couple of moves this season, they can be. Because I believe in the psychology of sports, and I believe that this group that has that has been so highly touted in this city and by and really by the front office and by the coaching staff, how well, you know, how highly they've talked about all these players. If Chuck Fletcher finally wakes his ass up and does what he was hired here to do, which is take this team to the next level, 
if he finally does that and moves a player of importance and not just some prospects and some draft picks, because really that's all, all you're doing there are just saying that you think that this group is only like a player away that we can leave it mostly intact. And like, really, if we just bring in one guy, it should be okay to get us where we need to be. And it's not, you need to bring in a defenseman. You need to bring in a forward. You need to do it immediately. It cannot be said enough. Everybody knows it. Just go on Twitter. Just talk to your, just talk to the guy at the barbershop or the person at Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> anybody that watches the Flyers and they'll say that, yeah, this trade, any trade, and not any trade, fuck that, fuck, no, not any trade. It can't be just any trade. It can't just be bringing in like another rotational sixth defenseman, sixth, seventh defenseman that like, well, he won a Stanley Cup in 2010 and now he's 45, fuck that. You need to bring in a guy with some substance, with some fucking talent, with some ability now. Somebody that's in their prime now. Because this team, by and large, is either in their prime or about to enter it. So you don't need to bring in these guys. You don't need to do the old flyer shit where you're going to bring in a, a broken Paul Coffey and say, this is what's going to do it. No, you need to bring in a guy that's, that's, on top of, that's at the top of his game right now. You need to bring in two of those guys. Two guys in their prime right fucking now that can help this team make a push, make a strong push for the playoffs and make a strong, deep run in the playoffs. If they don't win the Stanley Cup, but they look good in the playoffs, let's say they like like they lost in seven to, to the Islanders last year in the second round. But at any point in that game in that series, did you really think the Flyers had a strong chance at winning it? No. They weren't doing the little things. Their power play was terrible, and New York was just dominating them in, in, in those games. So at no point really in watching that series did I, or I'm sure a lot of people think that, no, you know what, this team is good enough to beat this Islanders team and then make a deeper run after this. I didn't see it, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't see it. And that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Like, if the Flyers get in the playoffs, name me a team that they would go up against where you would, unless, like, like, unless Buffalo got in, which is never going to happen, obviously. But name me a team that the Flyers would play in the first round of the playoffs where you would say, no, we definitely are going to, you know, I feel strongly that the Flyers are going to win this series and we're going to go on to the second round. Because it only gets worse after that. You're only going to play stronger teams after that. So I don't know what, I don't know what the delay is as far as bringing in so, I mean, I know it's it's not as easy as just picking up the phone and saying, hey, uh, yeah, I'm going to send you this and this, and we want this and this in return. All right, cool. I'll call the league. Click. It's not that easy, but it's not like this is a new problem for, for Chuck Fletcher. It's not like he hasn't known for weeks now that he needed to make a move. Because the Flyers, again, under him, still treading water. At least with Hextall, you were saying that, like, okay, the the farm system's built up and they have a lot of draft picks and he's good at drafting them and fine. But when it came time to, to move, to move things forward, it didn't happen. So you're bringing a guy like Fletcher and it's still not happening. And I was all for the regime change when Hextall got fired and they brought in Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vino. And it was guys that were going to be in charge of this team that had never worked for the team before, never played for the team before. It was a new 
wave. It was a new regime. It was a fresh look. And it's the same old flyers. It's the same old bullshit. Trades need to happen right now. Can't say it enough. I will yell it from the mountaintops if I find one. Trades need to happen. There are far too many players on this team very much underperforming. Like, I I was thinking about it last night. The expansion draft is coming up. And I don't know how many players... I know the Flyers have to, you know, either it's seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and a goalie. And I don't... Like, just looking at the roster, I I don't know how many of these guys I would be totally heartbroken to lose in an expansion draft. Like, I think the obvious thought process for a lot of people is, well, they're going to go seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. And then you look at the defensemen as they are right now, and you're just, you know, it'll, it would be Provorov, it would be... And that's, like, really... It got me thinking. That's probably the only one that it's like, yeah, I would really like to keep him. You know, Gossespierre has played really well this year, and I think he's played his way into a spot at being protected. So now you're talking Provorov and Gossespierre. What do you do with that third spot? Tell me, of the defensemen left, and the only guys that are really, that you're gonna protect are Phil Myers or Travis Sanheim. And I don't know that I've seen enough out of Travis Sanheim, who's supposed to be this great offensive player on the blue line. I don't know if I've seen enough from him over his career. I mean, he's like, I think he's like 200 plus games into his career now. What has he really done to impress anybody enough to say that we have to have this guy on our team? We have to protect him. I, not much, especially when you see the pipeline that the Flyers have as far as defensemen, and the guys that are coming up, like losing him isn't going to cripple your team. I don't think he's done enough to really warrant a, a locked in protection spot in this expansion draft. I don't know what they do with that. I mean, I think Phil Myers is the better player. I think he's got more an offensive skill. I think he's better defensively. I think he could be a workhorse for you. I think he could be the guy that's you know going to average 20 to 25 minutes a game once he really you know comes into his own. Again, this is the difference here is we're talking about two guys. One was a first round pick, one was an undrafted free agent. And they're giving you like you would expect you would expect more growing pains with the undrafted free agent than you would the first round pick. And they're giving you about the same and I think that Phil Myers has impressed in more games and shown up in more games since he's been a regular on the team than Travis Sanheim has as a first-round pick. So if we're going to seven forwards, three defensemen route, I think in my eyes, and probably in a lot of other people's eyes, you the three defensemen you're going to protect, as of right now, if they don't bring in another guy, and I expect they do, but for the sake of conversation right now, your three would be Provorov, Gossespierre, and Phil Myers. Because what has anyone else shown you to say, like, yeah, we need to have this guy? Now, if they bring in an Ekholm, okay. If they bring in a Savard and they like him, they want to extend them, okay. Fine. I'll give you that. And then it's a different conversation. Now you're looking at. You probably have to. You, the conversation at that point really comes down to who do you like more, Gossespierre or Phil Myers? 
And I think given what you've seen from the lineup changes recently, you'd probably have to go film. You'd probably have to say that they're going to protect Gossip Bear because of the way he's played this year and because it looks like Elaine Vigneault is not totally thrilled with Phil Myers, the way that he's had him in and out of the lineup. And, you know, we kind of. Elaine Vigneault is a guy where it's not hard to figure out the players that he is a fan of because he gives them, like, for instance, Nolan Patrick, who played well last night, almost got a goal. I've been killing him, and he, you know, he played well last night, so I'll give him that. I will still, without hesitation, put him in a trade to get in anybody that'll make this team better. And I think that's the move that needs to be made. I think he's the one that has to go. Um, again, him or Connecty, I think, is, are going to give you the most return. But a guy like like Connecty was was a healthy scratch. And then when he came back from COVID, they put him on the fourth line. And but Nolan Patrick has played bad literally all year, and he's remained at center for the most part. They you know they tried to move. Like, I guess it was a week ago they started moving him to right wing. But he I, when's he going to come out of the lineup? That's what that's what I don't understand. Vino does this benching veteran bullshit when he thinks it, I, I guess when it's a player that he doesn't really care about or not care about, but like, just, I don't know. I, I think he very much shows favoritism with the way he conducts the lineup and the way he does these healthy scratches. Cause we've seen guys come out before for playing bad, but then Nolan Patrick is just allowed to go out there and be irrelevant game in and game out. And we're just going to move him around the lineup and try it here and try it there. And we'll just take him out. Just take him out. Michael Roffle was a scratch last night. I think that was more for injury. But just, I, I, I've been saying it for a while. A lot of people have. And maybe maybe it's it's kind of like, well, if we take him out of the lineup kind of indefinitely, he he's going to lose all trade value. He probably doesn't have much to begin with. But if we take him out and he's not playing and we kind of show that we've given up on him, he's going to lose all trade value. We'll never be able to get anything for him, and he won't even be able to be a sweetener in a deal. Whereas if you have him right now, you have some tape in recent games to, you know, for for the team you're trading him to to look at. He's still a young player, still a second overall pick. He's, you know, we've seen this in all – you see this in all sports where the guy just maybe – and the argument is, well, maybe he just needs a, a change in scenery and this and that. Fine. I don't care what the reason is that you have to give the new team to take this guy, but just give it and get him out because he's not doing enough. Played well last night, not doing enough. A lot of guys not doing enough. Sanheim not doing enough. Myers not doing enough. Konechny played well the last two games. Scored a goal against Pittsburgh. Had some scoring chances last night. So hopefully he's trending in the right direction. Oscar Lindblom was on the fourth line last night. He needs to be better. He's a guy that I wouldn't mind exposing either in the expansion draft. We'll have to talk about the expansion draft coming down the pipeline because I've been putting a lot of thought into it. And, you know, if in my in my eyes, I just I keep structuring it in the, in the seven forward, three defensemen way of doing it. But in reality... Maybe maybe the eight forwards, one goalie, or not eight forwards, maybe the eight skaters, one goalie is the way to go because you're going to have to, you know, it'll expose guys that 
maybe aren't giving the team what you want them to, uh, contribution-wise. And it'll give you a chance to, you know, maybe you lose one of these guys and you don't have to make a tough decision of, you know, you don't have to worry about trying to trade them and worry about getting value back. They're just gone. They're off your books and you and you just you start anew there. You're getting money off the books, which is big in this offseason. There will be some names out there that the Flyers could be, you know, would be a help to get to bring in. So Limblom's another guy that I'm just kind of on the fence of on right now with. Do I really want to protect him? And how heartbroken would I be if the Flyers did it? So, again, the, the schedule is not easy. It's been talked about. There's no reason to really go over it uh, beyond just kind of the rest of the week. Buffalo tomorrow and then Washington Thursday and Saturday. Fans are back, and it was great to hear the fans last night. I was driving home from my parents uh, halfway through that first period, and when they scored that, when Farabee scored that goal, and it was only three thousand people or thirty one hundred, whatever the number is, there was a there was a legit roar from the crowd that was good to hear through the radio. You know, it was it was authentic. It wasn't the piped in you know sound from NHL twenty one or however they're doing it. I think it's just getting from past games, but whatever. It was good to hear real people have real reaction, boo the shit out of them at the end when, and on the power play when they just weren't doing anything. And you would, you know, the Flyers kept saying how happy they were to have them back and it's good to play, play in front of them. Well, they, you didn't fucking look like it last night because when you're getting booed out of your own building by 3,000 people that sounded like 25,000, and your play never really picked up you never had a sense of urgency on the power play to make anything happen I mean does it really matter how many people are are there watching you or not I think the Flyers you know if anything was a slap in the face the people that that kind of went out there to to watch them and paid money I'm sure if you got your tickets on StubHub I looked at the prices and it was like cheapest I saw was $200 per seat for a, a set of two so you're looking at 400 plus, and then with all the fees and shit, probably almost $500 just to go to a hockey game and watch them play like shit. So totally disrespectful to the fans that went out there. Uh, the Flyers' performance was just embarrassing, and it wasn't anything that's going to inspire uh, a good feeling for the fans that want to go back down there for these next three home games. They got three here on the uh, at home, Buffalo, Washington, Washington, and then they go four on the road kind of a New York road trip with the Rangers and Islanders. So these next three games at home, hopefully the Flyers play better in front of the fans that choose to go out and support them. Because right now they're not really giving us much of support and much to be happy about and much reason to go down there other than it's just been so long since any of us have been to a game and you just want to go. It doesn't matter really how the team's playing right now. You just want to go. You want to avo- you want to voice your opinion down there because you're tired of yelling at the social media person on Twitter. So I get it. I mean, I'm not going to disparage anybody from going. I would go if I could, with, but my work schedule is fucked. So that's not going to happen, but it doesn't matter. If you want to go, go. Support, uh, but mostly boo. When they're, when they're playing bad, boo and boo loudly because the higher-ups are there. They'll hear it, and it's just going to force their hand even more to make something happen and get this team going in the right direction with a trade that desperately needs to happen. 
I think they win tomorrow against Buffalo just because it's Buffalo. And I'm hoping and praying they can split these next those the next two against Washington Thursday and Saturday. I would probably go back to Elliott tomorrow against Buffalo. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves against them. He's got two shutouts against them this year. So I would go to I would go Buff I would go Buffalo tomorrow. I would go Elliott. Depending on how that game goes, if they win and win handedly and he plays well, fuck it, go right back to him on Thursday. You need wins. You don't need to worry about, you know, hurting feelings or anything like that. You need wins. If he plays well against Buffalo, he looks good. Fuck, if he gets another shutout, let that thing roll. Let's go right into Thursday against Washington with Elliott. So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm expecting a win. We should all be expecting a win tomorrow, and I'm hoping and praying on my knees, pray to whoever you pray to, that they can split these next two against Washington, and then we'll handle New York next week because the Islanders are tough. The Rangers are right on their heels. This is just going to, the, the gauntlet to continues. The The month of March gauntlet continues, and I'm hoping for two and one over the next three. So again, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Flagman Two Ends. You can follow this show at underscore Getting Bullied. You could get this in every episode of Getting Bullied through the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net on Twitter. Just type in Hockey Podcast Network or Getting Bullied anywhere you get your podcast, and we'll pop up, and we will be there with podcasts from all from the other thirty NHL teams. So if you want to hear how the team that the Flyers are playing next or doing what the what the pulse of their fan base is, just look it up on the Hockey Podcast Network and give those guys a listen. Give the Buffalo guys a listen going into tomorrow night. I'm sure I'm sure they're pretty fed up. And they're I'm sure that they're probably talking about uh a Jack Eichel trade and Ristolainen trade or whoever else and Taylor Hall. What a disappointment he's been. I would take him, actually. I would take Taylor Hall here with the Flyers. Fuck it, why not? Maybe a change of scenery will help. Mm-hmm. All right, so everybody, enjoy your life. Hopefully the Flyers win tomorrow. Two of the next three. Let's go for that. Two of the next three. It's high hopes right now. This isn't a Phillies podcast, but we still have high hopes for the Flyers to go two and one over their next three games. Just get me two wins. That's all I'm asking for right now to close out this week. Till I talk to you again on Thursday, everybody. Enjoy your life. Let's go Flyers.